wakes up in the evening to the bat phone screaming, takes the Batmobile to Gotham City. Sees Commissioner Gordon at the GCPD court and got some trouble from Batman's favorite kitty. He arrives on time, also stops Catwoman's crime, says reform before it's too late. Makes the Batmobile go faster, off to see the prison pastor, the first wedding we have seen at Blackgate. It is Batbooks for Beginners, it's today, Batbooks for Beginners, on its way, it's Batbooks for Beginners, it's so fine, Batbooks for Beginners, it's Chris and Jerry time. And welcome to this edition of TBU's Bat Books for Beginners, episode 183. My name is Jerry. And I'm Chris. And we're your hosts. On Bat Books for Beginners, we will examine story arcs with Batman and related characters. We'll give you the historical background of the book, break down the plot and the art, and give you our opinions so you can decide for yourself if they're worth a read. Today's Bat Book Chris and I are covering is The Resurrection of Raish al Ghul. Chris, tell us a little bit about this book. Thank you very much, Jerry, and thank you for keeping me in mind with that very, very awesome music promo <laughs> intro It's there. all for you. Oh, man, those <laughs> lyrics were genius. I oh, love that. thank you. Yeah, that was great rhythm on that one, too. Ooh, love I love it. that song, yeah. Yeah. Okay, hello, Bat fans. Thank you very much for spending a part of your day with us. Batman, the resurrection of Ra's al Ghul, and I have to warn the audience up front out there, I will probably interchange the pronunciation <laughs> between Ra's and Raz during this podcast. Uh, we Jerry, both are will. You, we both will. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Got, t- t- took care of that right away, so okay. <laughs> Batman, the resurrection of Ra's al Ghul was initially released as a 256-page hardcover book hmm. that was originally cover price $29.99 U.S. that was published in May 2008. Then, in 2009, and again in 2012, softcover editions were published, and they had a cover price of $19.99. Both books have gone through numerous printings. Mm. This volume collects material originally published in Batman Annual Number 26 and Robin Annual Number 7, both of those issues contain prequel stories, with Batman Annual Number 26 having a Rayshuggle origin story. Mm-hmm. These are books that we won't be covering on this show. Jerry and I are going to cover the main part of the story, which was an eight-part crossover. Yes, an eight-part crossover in the issues that we're covering. Originally appeared in Batman Numbers 670 and 671, which was the prelude in Part 4. Robin Numbers 168 and 169, which contain Parts 1 and Parts 5. Nightwing, numbers 138 and 139, which was parts 2 and part 6, and Detective Comics, numbers 838 and 839, which were parts 3 and part 7. It should be noted that Detective Comics, number 840, had an epilogue to the story. However, it was not, repeat, not collected in the hardcover nor the trade paperback. The original issues were cover dated January and February of 2008, and each issue was cover priced at $2.99. This trade paperback containing all the issues is available on Comixology. If you're looking to obtain a hard copy version of the story, the cheapest version appears to be the initial hardcover. Hmm. Yes, that was cheaper than the softcover, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah, the website MyComicShop.com has this priced at $19.99. That's the cover price. But... At the time of this recording, I did find one vendor selling a copy on eBay for approximately $10. Hmm. So it's a pretty good buy. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon vendors have this too for just around over $30, and that's for the softcover version. So again, if you're looking to obtain a hardcover version of this or a hard copy version of this, shop around and do shop carefully. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, as you would think and expect with a crossover in four titles, we have a huge list of creators, many of which were covered in lengthier bios and backgrounds in previous episodes of our podcast. In the interest of time, I'll go over some of them with more length than others based on memory and from online resources. For our writers, we had Peter Milligan, Grant Morrison, Fabian Nicienza, Paul Dini as well. Mm-hmm. Offhand, I don't think we mentioned 
Peter Milligan in any of our episodes. Milligan wrote the Robin issues. He's 56, and he was born in London, England. As with many comics talent from the UK, Milligan broke in on the 2008 anthology series. I think the first thing he did for DC was a six-issue miniseries called Screamer, Screamer with a K, back in 1989. He later worked on the revamped Shade the Changing Man Mm. series under the Vertigo imprint in the 1990s. Now, according to Wikipedia, Milligan pitched the idea for the character Azrael in Batman. I did not know that. Really? Yeah. Milligan has written for both DC and Marvel, and he has done movie work as well. Grant Morrison has been previously mentioned on our podcast. He wrote the chapters that appeared in Batman. Morrison is 58, and he's a native of Glasgow, Scotland. My favorite Morrison works are his run on Animal Man in the late 1980s and 90s and All-Star Superman. Be sure to check those out if you're not familiar with them. More recently, Morrison is the co-creator of the sci-fi channel series Happy, starring Christopher Maloney and Patton Oswalt. We had Fabian Nicienza, and I am hoping I am pronouncing that correctly, or at least close. I tried to research online on how to pronounce his name, and in interviews, he's jokingly said it's pronounced Sienkiewicz. (laughs) So I'm just going to go with Fabian. Fabian wrote the Nightwing issues. He's 56. He was born in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Fabian's first published story was Cyforce. Number nine, back in 1987. Yeah, that was under the Marvel Comics New Universe imprint. I remember those. Yeah, he has numerous credits, and he co-created Deadpool with Rob Liefeld. How about that? Now, Paul Dini has writing credits on the Detective Comics issues. He's been mentioned numerous times on our show before. Dini is 60 years old. He was born in New York City. He's won five Emmy Awards for his writing on Tiny Toon Adventures, Batman the Animated Series, the new Batman Superman Adventures, and Batman Beyond. He's won seven Eisner Awards and three Harvey Awards. Along with Bruce Timm, he created Harley Quinn, and more recently, he wrote the gripping and powerful graphic novel Dark Knight. That's Knight with an N, a true Batman story that recounted a brutal mugging that Denny experienced out in the Los Angeles area. And for our artists, we had Don Kramer, who worked on the Nightwing issues, Jason Pearson, uh, Tony Daniel, who drew the Batman issues, Freddie Williams II, who did the art on the Robin issues, Ryan Benjamin, and Dustin Gwynn, who did the artwork on the Detective Comics issues. Andy Cooper provided the nice cover to this trade paperback and hardcover. I think we've covered the backgrounds on a lot of these gentlemen before. I don't think we've mentioned Tony Daniel in recent weeks. Daniel has become a fan favorite Batman artist in recent years, and he's worked on the series The 10th for Image Comics. Now, as Jerry's going to recount some of the story, he'll mention some places and people which should get a little bit of background. One of the settings is Nanda Parbat. This hidden city in the Tibetan mountains first appeared and was mentioned in the title Strange Adventures number 205, cover dated October 1967. It's created by Arnold Drake with Carmine Infantino and said to be a place of healing and enlightenment, watched over by the goddess-like figure Ramakushna and her monks. Ramakushna, as some DC fans will know, is most famous for the entity being responsible for turning circus aerialist Boston Brand into the ghostly character Dead Man. Mm-hmm. We also have the character I Ching who appears in this story. This elderly blind martial artist who first appeared in Wonder Woman number 179, covered dated November 1968, was created by Denny O'Neill with Mike Sikowski. Now, if you recall, this was the run of the non-powered Wonder Woman title where I thought the character was killed off. I remember one of the covers saying, you killed I Ching and I Ching collapsing and with Wonder Woman, Diana in his arms. But with this being comics, we know he, he would eventually <laughs> from return. Uh, the character was last seen in my opinion, and the underrated DC Rebirth titled New Superman, number seven. He was a martial arts instructor. Now, we also had the Insect Girls, Tiger Moth, Dragonfly, and Silken Spider. The three of those characters first appeared as Public Enemies numbers one through three in Batman number 181 back in 1966. And as some Bat Trivia fans know, that was the story that also introduced Poison Ivy. Mm. Over on Amazon.com, this particular story that Jerry and I are looking at got a 3.6 star rating out of 5 based on 49 reviews. And over on Goodreads.com, this story got a 3.75 rating out of 5 based on 152 reviews and 4,244 ratings. Wow. Yeah. Aha. But the question remains, dear listeners, Mm. just how Jerry and I will rate this book. And with that... I shall turn it back over to you, Jerry. Thanks, Chris. So we're going to talk about this story after a few messages from some of our friends. 
Hey folks, this is Jared Albrecht, a.k.a. The Yard Sale Artist and semi-regular co-host of the Longbox Crusade podcast with Pat Sampson. Pat came to me recently with a fantastic idea on how we might get the podcast community involved in taking some action to do some good. He called this idea Comics for Courage. Comics for Courage is a concept that came to Pat after I told him the fantastic true story of when I was stationed in Iraq during my military service. While there, I received a huge care package of comic books from the awesome folks over at Wizard and Toy Fair magazines. We had so many comics, we didn't know what to do with them all. Seriously, it was over 100 pounds of comics. So me and a couple of buddies took the bounty of comics we had down to the give-and-take library we'd set up in our headquarters building. And you know what? Within 24 hours, all the comics were gone. The bottom line here is that throughout history, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, one thing remains a constant. Soldiers love comics. It's quick, easy, fun reading that gives a soldier a taste of home and lets them escape into an amazing world of comics, even if it's just for a few minutes. So here's the best part of Comics for Courage. Pat and I aren't asking you to donate one cent of your money to Comics for Courage. What we would love is for you to donate your excess comics. You know those ones that are just kind of laying around. Just drop them into a box or a big envelope and mail them over to supportourtroops.org. Their mailing address is Support Our Troops, 13617 North Florida Avenue, Tampa, Florida, 33613. Now, they will make sure those comics get distributed to random soldier care packages, and as a person who's been on the receiving end of this, I can tell you it will mean a lot. And if you'd rather donate money than give up a single comic book, trust me, we understand about that, you can donate through their website as well. Again, that's supportourtroops.org. Just remember two things, all right? Two things. One, Make sure the comics have good, clean content. No nudity or adults-only comics, please. Those are the rules for any military member receiving goods downrange. Okay, and number two, this is the fun one. Please take a picture of you with your donation stack and post it on Twitter or Facebook at Longbox Crusade. Or email it to contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'd love to give you an on-air shout-out and post your pic on the longboxcrusade.com website. In summary... Pat and I, over at Longbox Crusade Podcast, would greatly appreciate you taking this small action to make a difference in the life of someone who is far from home defending our freedoms. Thank you for supporting the Comics for Courage initiative. That website, again, is supportourtroops.org. Please check it out. Throw them some comics. Make some soldiers happy. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Welcome back. Here is the story of the resurrection of Raish al Ghul. The League of Assassins sends a killer to Hong Kong to get the wise man I Ching to tell them the location of Nanda Parbat, the secret hidden Tibetan city of mystery and magic. Batman foils the attack. Because of the failure, Talia al Ghul sends Dragonfly, Tiger Moth, and Silken Spider to distract Batman while she has I Ching picked up. The trio attack a cocktail party full of Gotham swells. Batman stops them, and Silken Spider tells him that they are doing this for Rachel Ghoul, who she says has returned from the grave. Rach, who looks a lot like Karis the Mummy, visits hey, you're right. Talia. Yeah, you yeah. see the, the resemblance, right? I did. Yeah, now I do. Yeah, good catch there. <laughs> Damien shows up in his Robin outfit. Confusion abounds. Raish's spirit has taken the body of one of his chiefs, but the assassin, the assassin had poisoned himself, so the new, new body is problematic. He needs a new one that preferably has his DNA. Damien, his grandson, would be a good match. Neither Damien nor Talia thinks that this is such a great idea, and Damien defies the demon's head. Talia provides a diversion, and Damien gets away. Raish sends some assassins after him and tells Talia that she will be punished once his work is done. Batman talks to Yi Ching about Raish's reported return. He says that there are other ways than the Lazarus Pit to be resurrected. They realize that they must kill the demon. There's an invisible map to Nanda Parbat, and it is in seven pieces, 
They're not normal map pieces. Of uh, course not. No, <laughs> no, no, too easy. Uh, it has multiple forms, like uh, pieces a pendant, another piece is a tattoo, and one is a heredity, heredity speech impediment that's passed down in a certain family. Uh, Iching's men are able to collect the pieces. Batman and Talia head to the mysterious city. Damien goes to the Batcave and tells Tim that Raish wants to steal his body. The two fight. Damien teases Tim about not being Bruce's real son. Damien finds Alfred and tells him that they need Bruce on the job. Alfred trips on the rug and Damien grabs him and helps him. Tim arrives and mistakenly believes that Damien is attacking Alfred. Tim manhandles Damien, but Alfred stops him and admonishes him. Tim is upset at all the rejection, and he and Damien fight, fight again. While they tussle, stately Wayne Manor is attacked by the League of Assassins. Talia is imprisoned by her father, but Batman finds and saves her. She tells Bats about Raish's needing Damien's body. Nightwing gets a call from Bruce, catching him up so far on the plot, and uh, tells him to protect Damien at stately Wayne Manor. He teleports outside the house and realizes trouble is afoot. Nightwing runs into Tiger Moth, Silken Spider, and Dragonfly, and makes short work of them. Alfred comes crashing out a window, and Nightwing catches him. There are League of Assassin ninjas everywhere. Dick finds Tim and Damien, and the three Robin brothers team up against the ninjas. The battle rages into the Batcave. They're able to use their knowledge of their home to keep from being overwhelmed. The three lady baddies arrive and demand Damien. More fighting happens. <laughs> Dick tries to save one of them from a poison dart, and while he is distracted, the ninjas take Damien and Tim. But Tim is wearing a tracer. Raish is in Nanda Parbat, and his new body is falling apart. Just can't trust those new bodies these I days, know. I tell you. It's not like the old days. <laughs> Tim and Damien are taken on stretchers to see him. The two leap into action to fight off their kidnappers, but Raish is ready for them. Raish has their wounds healed. He tells Tim that he had in fact died and been brought back to life. If he can be resurrected, then Tim's loved ones could too. He offers himself as a mentor in exchange for his help. After all, Bruce has a new real son and doesn't need Tim anymore. And after all, Bruce already let Jason Todd die. Tim says he'll have to think about the offer, but Raish sees this as a rejection and knocks him out. Bruce and Talia are on their way to Nanda Parabet and fight off some assassins. Yiching arrives, helps them fight off more assassins. Nightwing and Alfred are also cl closing in on the Mystery City and are attacked by assassins. Nightwing fights them off. Alfred is able to take out an assassin big bad. Nice job, Alfred. Bruce and Talia arrive at Rachel Ghoul's, I don't know, throne room, war room. I'm not sure. There's a lot of assassins and they're in a great big room. Raish and Batman have a sword fight. Batman runs the decrepit demon's head through, but the body's already dead. So, you know, no big deal. The two are subdued and Tim and Damien are brought to him. Either could be Raish's new form. Choose the form of your destructor. He has Batman to choose. Tim or Damien. Batman says instead of that, he could show Raish the fountain of life in Nanda Parbat. Raish is like, oh, that's a good idea. And, and lets <laughs> everyone go and travels into the mountains with Batman. They have to fight off the Sensi's men, but they make it. And the monks direct them to go past the temple of Ramakrishna and meet the old gray ghost. They find him. And it turns out, that he is Raish al Ghul's father. What? What? <laughs> his race has a dad roaming around. Yeah, big reveal, jaw-dropping moment there. Amazing. So the old gray ghost stabs Raish through the gut. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. And breaks Batman's arm and hand and probably other things. It looks like it hurts. He says that he could keep this up for under two minutes because he's not as young as he used to be, but he can still do it for two minutes. Batman realizes that if he can outlast the old man, he might be able to beat him. Batman is hurt, but he knocks the old man into the fountain 
uh, and he's burned in the magical chemical water. The monks come and think Raisha's dead dead and take him inside, and Batman is also captured. Tim and Damien are brought before one of Raisha's minions, the White Ghost. There's a lot of ghosts around here. They fight off their captors. Tim thinks about Raisha's offer of bringing his family back to life. He tells Damien and Talia that he's thinking about it, and they say do not trust the offer. Talia tries to tempt Damien to leave Bruce and join with her, but he says that Batman is cooler than she is, which is pretty true. Tim runs off and finds White Ghost and says he accepts Raisha's offer. White Ghost punches him and says he already turned it down. It wasn't a standing offer. The two fight. White Ghost offers the demon's hand in friendship. Tim takes it. Raish has taken the body of a monk temporarily and frees Batman from the monks. He asks if he could use Bruce's body, but he gets turned down. Well, didn't hurt to ask. Yeah, you you know. (laughs) He didn't want him to feel left out, right? (laughs) Tim is taken to the main Lazarus pit. Tim wants to go in and seal the deal with Raish. I Ching shows up and tells him to do what his mind tells him to do. They fight a little. Nightwing shows up and they fight some more. Turns out Tim just wants to get a sample of the water in the pit so he can figure out how to resurrect his family himself. Dick thinks that's a bad idea, too. They fight some more. And Dick brosplains how life works and stuff like that to Tim. And there's more fighting. I Ching puts an end to all the nonsense, says Tim has to choose. Tim goes to the pit, takes a sample, and pours it back in. Tim and Dick hug it out. Alfred arrives in a jet plane and picks up the two and Talia. They fly to Nanda Parbat, but Raish has already taken the city. He's about to infest Damien's body when Batman interrupts him. There's some fighting. Batman throws the decrepit body uh, the demon's head is infesting. Batman tells Damien to pick up a sword and fight. They're in a fight for their lives. Nightwing and Tim join the melee. They clear a safe area that they can work out of. Batman sends Damien with Dick and Tim to patrol the perimeter. You know, out there in the perimeter, there are no stars. That's true. Yeah, I've heard that. Talia doesn't think that sending Damien on patrol is such a great idea, but Bat knows what's up. Damien follows his father's orders. It turns out that White Ghost is Raish's son. So Raish could take his body, which he does. Raish is reborn. He's uh, now an old man, but he's in good shape, so he's doing pretty good. His assassins obey him. Talia is happy to see him. The Bat family is surrounded. Talia knocks Damien out and takes him away. There's lots of sword fighting. The battle reaches a peak with Raish and Batman square off, but the festivities are broken by the psychic mind power of the monks. They say that Raish has perverted nature, stuff like that, and they grab him. The bats get away. They're in a jet bat ho- back home without Damien. Bruce knows that if Damien chooses to come back, that he will. It is Christmas. Bruce, Alfred, Dick, and Tim drink to family. The end. Wow. Applause, uh, applause, applause. Quite, quite a story. So Chris and I are going to talk about our feelings for the story after these words from some of our friends. <laughs> Xenozoic Xenophiles. A fan podcast devoted to the comic series Xenozoic Tales. It's a post-apocalyptic adventure series filled with Cadillacs and dinosaurs. I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren. We hope you'll join us as we discuss the stories, characters, and art in this excellent comic series from creator, writer, and artist Mark Schultz. Xenozoic Xenophiles is available at podbean.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. And find us at xenozoicxenophiles.com. Welcome back. So, Chris, what did you think about the story? 
Jerry, this was a very tight story considering mm. all the talent that was involved. Uh, Raish is one of my favorite villains, as people of the podcasters, listeners know, and this was really one, one epic book. Mm-hmm. Just for those keeping score at home, uh, I think it was one of the earlier things that we looked at when we were podcast partners. Uh, one of the earlier things we reviewed was Batman Death and Maidens. I think that's where his apparent death occurred, just for those uh, – to kind of fill in the uh, dot our eyes and cross our T's here. But boy, you had so much going on. And there were also little moments, too. We had an Alfred where Alfred was grabbed by Anubu and he's holding his own. We had Tim's internal conflict with uh, the resurrection of uh, his father and Stephanie and uh, his, his buddy uh, Cal there. And I even like the little touches, too, with the inclusion of the trio of villainesses, uh, the insect girls that we hadn't seen in a while. And I just loved those characters. I really did. And I'm glad that they were brought back for this story. There was a ton of stuff to like here. I don't think I'm going to have barely any nitpicks and those were my initial impressions what about you partner well this story is kind of right up my alley it's you know what i really like about the modern um bat books is the bat family the way they put together the bat family with you know batman and the the robins and the x robins and the you know alfred and all this and this is kind of the beginning of that this is you know they're starting to put together the relationships Damien is, you know, we, we see Damien, um, you know, with, with, uh, with Dick and we know, you know, later how much that relationship expands. And this is really the very beginning of this Damien and Tim, you know, it's really starting to come together into what we recognize as the modern bat family. And this is a really good way of, of developing it. You know, Alfred has developing a relationship with Damien, um, a trusting relationship with Damien. And he's, you know, for as obnoxious as Damien was in the last book that we covered him in, um, um, Damien, he's, he's starting to get toned down. He's, he's still obnoxious, but he's obnoxious against people we don't like. So it's much better. He respects Batman. He, he still is struggling with Tim, but he's, you know, they're starting to build um, that relationship. And this is just, you know, one of the, um, this whole, you know, Dick, Damien, Tim, and also Jason, who's talked about here, you know, they are one of the main pillars of the Bat family that I really, really love. And their relationship with each other is um, really special to me. And so this story, for that reason, is just a home run for me. Excellent. Yeah, I think we're going to circle back to the Bat family in our discussion. Jerry, I tell you, one of the things I did have some trepidation about before picking this up was when I was putting my notes together and seeing all the creative talent involved. Mm -hmm. And I think this was going to be a hit or a miss because usually when we've looked at collected crossovers, there we've encountered some speed bumps with the writing and the artwork. Mm -hmm. And I had some big fears going into this that uh, this was going to get muddled in some places, Mm -hmm. but I was pleasantly surprised where I really thought the writing was pretty crisp and consistent yeah. throughout. Now, as far as the artwork, I, I think we did get a little different, some unique styles yeah. because when you're going from Tony Daniel, who does these really nice fine lines, and then you're going to somebody like Dustin Gwynn mm-hmm. with a little more heavier inks and a little more uh, globular looking characters. And I don't mean that in a pejorative way, yeah. uh, but u- unique takes on, you know, the, the youth and how they look. Yeah. This this was not that bad. I, I I was sort of drawn out a little bit when the art changed from chapter to chapter, but not so much, you know, as some of the things we've previously looked at. The writing was consistent throughout. Art was enjoyable throughout. Mm-hmm. I was really pleasantly surprised how this all came together with everybody involved. This was yeah. just amazing. Yeah. And I there's this panel in uh, Nightwing 138. Yes. And, and it showed – you know, Dick and Tim and Damien kind of leaping into battle, you know, that famous kind of, you know, as the good guys leap in to defeat the bad guys. And I think it's the first time they ever do that together. And I just, it gave me a chill. I just yes. loved it. Loved it. Um, yeah. And, yeah. I, uh, Don I, Kramer, uh, kudos okay. to him because I think he was the one who did that. And, you know, very, very underrated stuff there. And I thought the, it was just, just masterful on, on how you describe that and how it was depicted. It was just, just spot on. It really was. And there's, there's good, you know, this is a good Tim Drake story. 
and you know, I love Tim Drake as a character and this is good development for him. Um, dealing with the death of his family, you know, dealing with, you know, what, what his place is in the Bat family now that Damien's here. Um, this has been set up for a long time over the course. If you go back to our previous episodes, you know, a lot of this Tim Drake, um, characterization has been progressing and is really starting to get interesting here. Um, so for Tim Drake fans, I definitely think this is a, this is a solid story, but also Nightwing. He kind of starts to take the position of that older brother that, you know, lays down the law. You do this. You do this. I'm going to do this. Go. And how, how cool was that? Because, you know, we've always seen that before, but this was really done. And we do get some of the Dick Grayson introspection that we've had before. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their moment. But, mm-hmm. boy, this was just really spot on. Really was. Really was. Um, now, I also liked, uh, you know, when – uh, Damien has really, you know, we were saying in Son of Batman where, where Batman really kind of, you know, exposed his, his very dangerous and scary self to Damien. And in this case, you know, Batman says to Damien, okay, take a sword. We're fighting for our lives. And Damien's like, you know, gulp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is what it's all about, uh, father son, you know, and everything else. You know, circling back to Nightwing too, we also had that internal conflict where does he, does he go after uh, Tim and Damien, or does he stay and help uh, the fallen uh, Dragonfly, Tiger Moth, and Silken Spider? I mean, their lives are aligned, and he's got like thirty seconds to administer this antidote. And yeah, of course, you know what decision he's going to do. He's sure. going to save the lives. And I thought it was like when you see the villainesses appear in the cave, you think, oh, now they're going to mm-hmm. figure out. But of course, naturally, you know, they're, they're going to get revived and they're going to get uh, cured to live, but just messed up enough that they're not going to be... <laughs> they're not okay. They're not okay, and they're not certainly going to be you know, remembering anything what happened you know, to the previous. But I hope we haven't seen the last of those three. I think those were nice touches. The inclusion of uh, I Ching, a, mm-hmm. a character in uh, Decent Lore. The, the, the intensity and uh, nastiness uh, and the uh, brilliant villainy of Sensei would just... Oh, yeah. a, just a great character. Again, this was somebody introduced way back in the uh, Dead Man days, back back in uh, Strange Adventures, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And of course, he appeared later again in Detective Comics in the uh, late '70s, early '80s. Uh, fantastic character, and you forget how great when it all clicks and comes into place. It, this this was really really something special, and I I'm, I'm, I'm just, I was just a sucker for this. I, I, I can't I, I really can't knock anything really with with mm-hmm. respect to the art and and the writing. This was really good, really Jerry. Nice. You know, you asked me you know in your notes, and I think you touched upon something with who is in your Batman mm-hmm. family. You know, in the mm-hmm. court. I think we, this is something we also might want to pose to the listeners as well. Yeah. Uh, who wants to go first? What, 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 what is what is? I, I've got a I've got my core Bat family in mind. I, I think you do as well. Uh, who, who wants to proffer their response first? Well, I can go. I can tell okay. you that the core of the family for me is Bruce, Alfred, Dick, Jason, Tim, and Damian. Okay. And the thing that makes kind of the current Bat story, you know, that, that Tom King is working on and Batman. The thing that makes that interesting for me is that, you know, Selena has always been a sick, you know, in the, in the next circle of Bat family. And as, you know, she is marrying Bruce. Um, you know, does she now move into the core Bat family? And that's, and how would that work? And how would all those relationships change? And that's what I love about, uh, you know, um, Tom King's run for all of the, you know, issues that people have with it. How about you? Who's your core family? Well, here's my controversial answer. (laughs) Uh, My core bad family is Bruce, Alfred, Mm -hmm. Dick, Selena, and Barbara Gordon. That's my core. And I'm going, I'm, my, my, my approach to this was taking it uh, a little bit on the chronological side. Mm-hmm. Because at first, that core, we had Bruce, then Bruce Alfred, then Bruce Alfred Dick, then we had Bruce Alfred Selena. And I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of untold stories and a lot of uh, history that Bruce and Selena had, where we had uh, Bruce and Robin and Selena encounters mm-hmm. while they were in costume. And I think. Dick obviously sensed something was going on between Bruce and Selena and all yeah. those initial encounters. And I think there was um, 
a little bit of Dick and history, Selena, when we had uh, uh, some stories that happened in the uh, 70s and 80s, you know, mm-hmm. with, with, with them. There was a story, oh gosh, it's escaping me now. The um, I'll come back to it in a moment. But we had instances where Dick and Selena did work together. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the core group. And of course, when you have the relationship with uh, Dick and Barbara all along, Mm-hmm. They first encountered each other in, in the 60s, and they had their own stories together, and they had some history there. Yeah. So that is my initial core group. And then on the periphery, just where, you know, of course, you know, we have Jason and Tim there. I think they're, they're – I hate to put them in secondary, but I, I, I'm going to put them a little secondary. But by no means are they not mm-hmm. close or are they not as, quote, unquote important sure. but uh that, that's that's my secondary tier right there mm-hmm. and then so what am i floating out with cassandra and uh, kate kane and everybody else there sure sure i would say secondary right is you know uh, jim gordon um you know spoiler cassandra batwoman and, and that those folks and i'd be interested to see i would think that for somebody to be in the Bat family, one of the kind of prerequisites is that you know that Bruce is Batman, right? That the, you, you're aware of people's, um, you know, real, um, you know, identities. So I think that yeah. that's kind of a, a caveat. Um, there's also like a, a personal drama kind of ring that I think in this case, Rachel Ghoul is perfect, right? Because it's, Raish and Talia, and there's almost like another family relationship there with Talia, you know, being the mother of Damien and Bruce being the father and, you know, Raish being, um, you know, uh, her father. I thought it was interesting in this that, you know, Raish has his own father and son, um, all these ghosts, the gray ghost and the old white ghost. I thought that was funny. Um, but I think that, um, you know, so, you know, in this story, in, you know that when Alfred is coming along on the trip, you know that this is a family story now, right? This is something that is not just Bruce going and beating somebody up. This is more, has more to do with the kind of history of the Bat family. And I think that that's important in this story that we're covering. Um, but like in that personal drama area, you, you have Talia, you have Raish, you have, I don't know, Leslie Tompkins, right? Um, sure. Other people. So, um, that's really interesting to me. And what I'm wondering is in the current run, if Selena becomes core, then what about the sirens? Her mm. best friends, what's going to happen with them? Are they going to be brought in? Are they going to be problematic? I mean, can you imagine Harley it, and it, Ivy? I, I think it's a little, yeah, it does get somewhat murky there. Uh, one, yeah, I'm sure some hardcore Bat fans were screaming at their uh, earbuds when, that, when I couldn't recall the story of the Lazarus affair. That's what I was oh, trying to oh, get out. Okay. That happened back in uh, Batman numbers 332 to 335 approximately there. And mm. right before that, uh, there was a bit where Tally was getting a little too close to Batman and Robin sought Selena's help saying, Hey, oh. you gotta, you gotta straighten Batman out before he, before he embarks on this mission and things mm-hmm. get a little bit there. I think there was a lot of, uh, Selena inclusion and Selena's closeness there. Mm-hmm. She was a part of the family and she also knew when to step back and when to step in. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that sort of sometimes gets overlooked. And I think there's just a lot of history that, uh, is either forgotten or perhaps not even p- depicted. I, th- I like to think there's some untold stories where we had Batman and Robin uh, fighting Catwoman, and there was a little more than meets the eye. I think Robin always sensed the playfulness, and like, "Gee, Batman, you let her get away again," you know, back in the <laughs> in the golden age. But yeah. I think I think as those stories progressed, I think Dick, as he, Dick got older, he knew that hey. Maybe I should hold back when Batman wants to go after Catwoman, you know, or, you know, maybe Catwoman. And I always like to think there's like some untold story where Robin encountered Catwoman and she kind of did a number on him saying, hey, little bird, you just, you know, wait, you know, I'll, I'll fix you. And now Dick, Dick finally got the message one way or the other. So, uh, yeah, of, of course, I think I, I, I see a lot of your points with, go, I'm sorry. 
No, I, I love that you want that in your mind, Selena is part of the Corbat family because I want that so bad. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. And I think with the sirens too, it's weird because on, on the one hand, we see stories where everything's hunky dory with, with the three of them gallivanting around like in the Harley Quinn title and you see some nice little artwork. Here's the three of us getting together. And of course you had the, uh, well, the whole siren story run, which sure. what, was what 30 issues or something. Yeah. And I just, I just, I think an omnibus came out recently with, mm-hmm. with, with that, that, uh, they put out. You know, I know some Catwoman fans who are quite divided on this thing because yeah. I think I think in their their mind that uh, their Catwoman do, isn't palsy walsy with Harley and Ivy, and in the other realm, the, there's sort of an acquaintanceship, but not necessarily quote friendship. So it's weird to hear these people who are just passionate about Catwoman and what their opinion is on this. I'm sort of I sort of land somewhere in the middle and I like to see both sides of it because I certainly like to think that you know, as as depicted, you know, you, you there were a, well, heck, you can even look at the animated series where there was a little bit more of an adversarial thing with Catwoman and uh, Harley Quinn, you know, because you know, I think uh, in the story I almost got him, Harley knocks out Catwoman and puts puts her on a conveyor belt and ties. Now, where's where's the love lost there with the friendship? But yeah, as, as you've seen, as you as things progress and scene goes, and people get different takes from different stories. Mm-hmm. You get your different interpretations, and I think that's what makes this question very, very unique. And as I, I was, tra- as I'm trying to say, I think I land somewhere in the middle. I think there, there is certainly a professional friendship and acquaintanceship there. I just don't know how close there is. I think with mm-hmm. Tom King's depiction, we see uh, certainly a lot more bonding with uh, a Catwoman with Harley and Ivy with that last uh, Ivy story arc, you know, and uh, just the convincingness there. So, Jerry, this is very compelling, and you really really bring up a very intriguing question, which I confess I, I have somewhat mixed thoughts in division on. Yeah, yeah, me too. And that's why I think it's it's interesting. And I can imagine that there's all kinds of people's opinions. I mean, you know, Catwoman, we're definitely off-roading <laughs> this story here, but Catwoman, you know, with, with the sirens, you know, Ivy and Harley have a romantic relationship on again, off and off again. And, and Catwoman's not really part of that at all. Um, you know, because I think, Selena loves Bruce. And I think in my opinion, in my canon, Selena and Bruce have always loved each other. And that's the relationship. Um, and so I, I think that there can be a lot of development in, in a siren story arc, um, you, you know, between the three sirens um, in the new um, in what they're doing and what Tom King's up to. So I think that there's a lot of opportunity, whether he decides to go that way or not, who knows? Yeah, Jerry, I think for the interest of our listeners, too, I know we have some people who really pay attention mm-hmm. and, and pick this apart. And so do we, for the for the sake of the show, do we want to say what our, our answers were again for the core and then who we said are, are secondary? Should we just go down the list? Okay, sure, great. Do it. Go okay, so, so my core list, again, was Bruce, Alfred, Dick, Selena, and Barbara Gordon. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else sort of just – Secondary, but by no means. Uh, let me go down the list uh, here. Now, what were your? What was your core? Bruce, Alfred, Dick, Jason, Tim, Damien. So okay. Bruce, Bruce, Alfred, and the Ro- all the Robins. Uh, okay, the, so the I, male Robins. Okay, so I'm saying Jason, Tim, Damien, secondary, and you're saying Selena, secondary. Uh, I think Selena is a special case. I think okay. she's floated. She's Bruce's love. So okay, uh, Commissioner Gordon. Uh, secondary. Secondary, I agreed. Spoiler. Secondary. Secondary, agreed. Cassandra. Secondary. Secondary, agreed. Batwoman. Secondary. Secondary, agreed. Cool. Great. Uh, Talia. I think that's part of the personal drama <laughs> section. <you know? laughs> yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> Leslie Tompkins. Uh, I think same thing. You know, same thing. Agreed. Secondary, yeah, yeah. But personal drama, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. I, I think so. There you have it, listeners. I'm sure you'll chime in and uh-huh. perhaps I'd agree l- or strongly disagree. Yes. <laughs> that's that's over. Now, I'd love. Yeah, what we should do is we should have folks um, tell us. Who they think is in their bat family? And do it. Let's do it on Twitter. Sure. Let's hashtag. Uh, let's call it my bat family. And Perfect. Tell us uh, who you think is in your bat family. And it could be your list of core, secondary, whatever, or maybe it's just somebody you don't want people to forget because we're certainly not being totally thorough here. Uh, so go out to Twitter, hashtag my bat family, and let's see what people think. This should be fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, please. And we, we, we certainly, if we don't mean any disrespect, let's try to keep sure. as friendly as possible. And we're certainly going to respect everybody's opinion. Absolutely. You know, we're not going to take anybody to task and, you no. know, say, you know, how you dare you think this or how <laughs> you not, you know, this is just polite opinion. <laughs> so yeah. let's, hopefully so. we'll keep this way. And we, we certainly don't want any bashing. And conversely, <laughs> if someone chimes in with their opinion, we hope you respect everybody else's opinion who chimes in. We, we certainly don't want to see any, any wars going on there. And let's keep this friendly. Uh, <laughs> this very passionate, you know, topic. Passionate. Yes, absolutely. But I am curious as to what our listeners think. And we, we look oh, forward to your great. feedback. Terrific. Okay, so in terms of rating, what do you think about uh, the resurrection of Ra's al Ghul? Jerry, obviously this was an epic story. This was much, much more pleasantly remembered or or better remembered than I initially thought when I remembered this. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. God, what was that story again where this happened and that happened? Ah, it was this story. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I – Unquestionably, this is a must-read. Uh, unquestionably, I would recommend it. Uh, oh, I'm at least a four out of five. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can go any higher. If I can go four and a quarter, I'd say that. <laughs> I, I, it's at least it's it's a it's a solid four for me. You know, I really can't think of any flaws. Some of the art transition maybe left me a little muddled here. <laughs> we we did get their stories, but I mean we. There was continuous action throughout this thing. This this was epic. I have to give it a solid four. Maybe if you ask me tomorrow, I'd say four and a half. But right now, I'm going to at least say four out of five batarangs. Yes, it's a must-read. Yes, it's a recommendation. How about you? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go there. I'm going to go four and a half. Um, a, and this is something that I would really like to come back to a couple of times because for me, the, the thing about this story for me is it's kind of the beginning uh, of everything I really love about the modern Bat family. So this is definitely a must read and a recommend for anybody who has any interest in the Bat family at all. This is kind of a major turning point and it's a good story. It's a really good story with some good characters. I wouldn't, you know, I, I, I think it's a solid story. Um, I, I don't, I think it holds together. The plot hangs together pretty well. Um, I did not go into this really super analytical about the plot just because I was so taken away with the whole, um, you know, the whole Robin development thing. But, um, I would definitely say that this is something that I would highly recommend. Yeah. This is a book you can easily pick up off the shelf and not get too lost. You know, I don't think, I, I don't think a new reader would feel lost in any way with this mm-hmm. other than you, you, could have been a mention. Well, you know, Raish previously died in the death of the Maiden Star. You know, that that might be my a tiny quibble. Uh, one thing we didn't get discussed was like, was this possibly too violent or too graphic for mm-hmm. children? Uh, I know there was a lot of swordplay here, but I uh, I think we did see some dismemberment, but I don't think it was really overly graphic. I don't think uh, I, I don't think it would be that bad for say someone maybe eight or nine or older mm-hmm. uh, I, I just thought this was something that should be almost on every Batman's yeah. nightstand you know Batman's nightstand whether you own the original copies or uh, take it in trade this is something that uh, as you said you can go back to this and I think this is like you said a story I would revisit as well yeah yeah totally agree with you there all right, so that's what we think about the resurrection of Ra's al Ghul. Now, last episode, we said that we had something we wanted to tell the folks, didn't we, Chris? Yeah, we did, and we did get some inquiries on Twitter as well as what could that possibly be? What could it be? Well, I think we're ready to, to kind of uh, to let the cat out of the hat, cat out of the bag. bag yep, let's, un- let's, let's unwrap it. They open the envelope, and, and our special, this special announcement is... Starting the beginning of May... Chris and I are going to be adding another show to our podcasting repertoire. We're going to create a show called The Professor Frenzy Show. And what that's going to be is Chris and I are going to cover indie comics. That's right. And I'm really looking forward to this. I think the intention Jerry and I had was we wanted to show a little bit of light on some books that may not get some attention that some might be an under an umbrella or a publisher that isn't quite as big as the main two or even the main three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
a lot of new material comes out there, and I think a lot of great, great stuff does get overlooked mm-hmm. simply because uh, it's just not finding an audience. And I know Jerry and I like unique stories. We like unique artwork. We like some writers and artists that don't necessarily get mentioned or enough praise or loved as they should. We both love the comic book medium mm-hmm. and the independent titles have a real plethora of some great and outstanding material. Now, some of it may not be released on a consistent basis, but as Jerry and I got to be talking, you know, it's interesting that he he pitched the idea to me, and this was something I had in the back of my mind for possibly being a show, and here, lo and behold, Jerry was thinking the same thing along the same lines all this time. So I was – my jaw hit the floor when he, he – he, uh, said, this is what I'm considering. Would you like to get on board with this? And I, I, without hesitation, said I absolutely would agree to do this. And I can't wait to get started because I already know some books that I'd I'd like Mm -hmm. to uh, uh, put a light over and say, hey, you should be reading this. I think you'd enjoy it. You know, what I love about the comics medium is that it's not just uh, capes all the time. Now, there are some good uh, independent titles that do publish some superhero stuff as well. Mm -hmm. But I think Jerry and I do like our share of horror, and we do some like our share of sci-fi, and it's something a little bit that's uh, offbeat. I think we both can appreciate some story with some good artwork, and uh, this is really good. So, partner – I can't wait to do this. Me too. Me too. I, and you know, I know what one of the things you did like back in February was you were putting up for Valentine's Day, you were putting up like all these romance comics. Uh, oh yeah. And boy, they were, they look fun. And I just love, like you said, capes are great. We love, we love Batman. We love, you know, all kinds of, uh, those kinds of superhero characters, but there's a whole other world of stuff out there that doesn't get the attention that the, Batman, Superman, you know, Spider-Man kind of things get. And we love that stuff too. And we just want to spend some time and, you know, try to folks that aren't exposed to that, you know, because some of these smaller publishers don't have the marketing budget that, you know, DC and Marvel have. So we'd like to do our part and see if we can uh, get some people to to find some books that they love. Yeah, and, it'll t- and listeners, it'll take a while, for, I'm sure, for us to find our footing, so please be patient. We do hope to uh, bring on a guest or two as, as time allows and yeah. guests permit us to. So we're really looking forward to this. And uh, as things get a little more cemented down the line, of mm-hmm. course, we're going to be mentioning this more in the shows to come. Absolutely. So if you're interested and you're, if this sounds like something that you're interested in, Go out, do an iTunes search for the Professor Frenzy show. We've got a promo up there, and we have, uh, I think we got a song up there too, now that I think of it. Yeah, <laughs> so, you'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for everyone for, uh, for listening. So Bat Books for Beginners is part of the BatmanUniverse.net network. We offer all the Batman-based weekly comic book reviews, news, and some great podcasts, including the flagship comic podcast, Everyone Loves the Drake, Batgirl to Oracle, and so many more. If you like what we offer, please consider donating to us at the TBU Patreon account. You can find a link to the Patreon account on the BatmanUniverse.net website. Now, Chris, you do some work on uh, Batgirl to Oracle, one of the terrific, uh, Stella's terrific podcast, and I I just love what what you do out there. Well, thanks. I appreciate you mentioning that, Jerry. Yeah, I can be found on Batgirl to Oracle. That's a monthly podcast. And occasionally Stella will put out a special episode as well. But Batgirl to Oracle, she's examining all the incarnations of Batgirl. She's going to be looking at every Barbara Gordon appearance in chronological order, along with the current titles Batgirl and Batgirl Birds of Prey. While that's still out there, (laughs) please give that a look. I'm going to be looking at the Batman Adventures title, which was the comic book from the 90s based on the 90s animated series. And in future episodes before the year is out, I'm going to also take a stab at looking at Batman 66 meets Archie. Or is it Archie beats Batman 66? I'm not sure. But I know those characters are coming up for a, a six-issue limited series that I can't wait to dive into. That'll be great. You can, thank you so much. Yeah. Now, Jerry, mm. can the listeners possibly find you on the BatmanUniverse.net? And what are you up to over there? I think you're writing some reviews, are you not, sir? I sure am. I'm doing Batgirls and the Birds of Prey, which is sadly coming to a close. I, I'm really enjoying that book. Um, I'm doing the new Mother Panic um, book and uh, from Young Animals, uh, which I'm also enjoying, and um, the main Batgirl book. So all of which all, I, I'm really enjoying all of them and uh, love doing the, the reviews for them. Cool. Now, can the listeners also possibly find you on Twitter? It's possible, and sometimes it's uh, annoyingly easy to find me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you can find me at Professor Frenzy. 
that's at Professor Frenzy, and I cover my favorite DC books as well as indie books. I talk about Dark Shadows, and uh, we live tweet horror movies using the hashtag Spanguli and all of the MeTV um, Saturday night uh, good times that we have out there on Twitter. And you're out there too, Chris. Yes, I am. You can find me. My handle on Twitter is at BTO and Bat Books. Once again, that's at BTO and Bat Books. Uh, I do love to live tweet during Saturday nights along with the MeTV lineup where we have a lot of friends out there where I think most of us start to get on board uh, during Wonder Woman. Then we'll do uh, Sven Gulli. We'll cross over it after following that. There'll be two half hour episodes of Batman. And I sort of sort of wind down uh, once Star Trek starts, maybe, and I'll just kind of follow along. But that's it. You know, you can get started. A little earlier than that, some people get on board during the uh, Wild Wild West reruns. But uh, I think Wonder Woman is right when a lot of people start. And boy, we finally got through the end of Wonder Woman last night at the time of this recording. The last episode of the last season of Wonder Woman uh, Mm. was was last night. And uh, Jerry, I don't know. It was tough that that last season. (laughs) Someone bravely tweeted that they preferred the – you know the then current incarnation of of the series, but I, I think you and I both preferred the season one World War Two episodes, yes. if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yeah, that's that's my my kind of cup of tea as well. Yeah. There was just uh, something about those episodes uh, where uh, the little comic book uh, yeah, look to the show, the intro yeah. to the show, just just had a lot of feel to it. Uh, uh, the Stephen Diana and the Stephen oh. Wonder Woman stuff, yeah. uh, just just some great great charming episodes. I thought in that uh, first season. Agreed. So hopefully we're going back to that. Yes. Right. Hopefully next Saturday we get to go back to that. Oh, Jerry, do you have any other friends on Twitter that we like to uh, we give a look at? We absolutely do. So uh, some of the podcasts that, w- that we've been listening to, those folks are out on Twitter. Uh, we've been listening to The Cosmic Treadmill and Weird Comics History, which is uh, Chris Sheehan at Ace Comics and uh, at, at Reggie Reggie. And Chris and Reggie, they discuss classic comics. They do some terrific stuff and – um, it's very entertaining and they take some really challenging, uh, topics to cover and they do a terrific, terrific job at it. So I'm really enjoying that. Uh, Chris has a, Chris Sheehan has a, um, also has a blog. Chris is on infinite earths where he covers, he's doing like 700 or something consecutive days of covering old comic books. And I think they say it's, uh, it's uh, the second best thing to to reading the comics themselves. And for some of the comics that are a little not so great, maybe it's even better than reading the original <laughs> comics itself because he's pretty entertaining. Very much so. I totally enjoy them. Yeah. Of course, we're also following the Sutherlands. We listen to their uh, their work. So they've been doing Warlord World, Xenozoic Xenophiles, and Trekker Talk. Uh, and they've also done uh, Sensational Sleuths. And uh, Fantastic Fantasies, which is a lot of fun. They uh, they have great shows. Absolutely. Totally enjoyable. We've also been following Randy Andrews, who does Soundtrack Alley and Gen 13, which are two two really terrific podcasts. Uh, Clinton Robeson does Coffee and Comics. Uh, we've also been listening to Long Box Crusade with Pat, Jason, and Jared. Uh, they've also been doing a uh, Sherlock Holmes um, Saturday matinee, uh, podcast, which is a lot of fun. We definitely recommend that. Oh yeah. Great, great time to be had. Terrific. Uh, I've been listening to, to Parlopod, uh, which is also a, a really fun, um, uh, podcast to listen to. Yeah. Shout out to Dave and John. Definitely. Uh, it, fun, fun show. And they're covering some new books. They got some great interviews, mm-hmm. no holds barred opinions. Uh, yeah. Just really good stuff, and they've they've covered some stuff that I had some questions about on that mm. new Wednesday. So, oh, should I pick this up? Oh, Dave and mm. didn't like that one, so maybe I pass. should I take a pass on that. Yeah. So, yeah, they're they're certainly not afraid to express their opinion, and if it's something they like, but hey, they'll 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 like it, and they'll let you know they liked it. So, great opinions on them. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, also been uh, listening to Wonder Woman Warrior for Peace. Wonder Woman keeps coming up. Love her. Love the show. Yep, great that's stuff. Angela. Great stuff. Yeah. I've been listening to Monster Kid Radio, which is um, a classic horror movie um, podcast where I've heard – I've gotten a lot of good uh, tips on some old horror movies that I can't believe I didn't know about. Um, great stuff there. I'm going to I'm gonna have to get on board. I, I'm yeah. behind. i got to get on board. It's terrific stuff. You know, we got, we got a letter in our mailbag. Oh, my goodness. 
Goodness, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Yes, we do. Uh, can I share that? Please do. Great. Uh, we one of our a friend of our show, Laurel, who's on Twitter at Mountainflower One, wrote us a letter, and I really can't thank her enough for taking the time to write. We should get this out there too because we don't really proffer a email address per se mm-hmm. uh, for our show. We generally comments can be left on the Batman Universe or the TBU Bat Books for Beginners site, and then after an episode drops, we generally have asked listeners to leave their comments there. Uh, you can certainly do that. You can certainly leave a message by Twitter by direct messaging me, or if you don't have Twitter, you can send me an email. Mm-hmm. And I'm at bruce.wayne at gothamcity.us. Jerry, I don't know if there's a if fans would be more comfortable reaching out to you. How would you prefer them to contact you? Sure, I have a uh, email, uh, professorfrenzy at gmail.com. Great. So you can email us at either one of those, and we'll be happy to read your comment on air if you'd like. So we, we, we appreciate all feedback and response that we get for the show, and we can't thank you enough when you do chime in. So here goes. Laurel says, Chris and Jerry, I finally got to listen to episode 180, Batman and Son. Yes, it's my first episode of Bat Books for Beginners, and I wanted to give you a little feedback. You are welcome to read this on air or not as you see fit. Well, we're going to read it, Laurel. Here we go. Read it. (laughs) I appreciate you giving a little background about the creative team as well as Damien's confusing backstory. And yes, the opening song was fun. Hey, props to you, my friend. Hey, thank you. Yeah, Jerry, see the fans love those. I know. That, that's the that's the hook of the show right there. Uh, I find yeah, it yes. hard to believe. But no, okay. yes, it is absolutely. <laughs> you know, it, it, it makes the show. It, 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 yes, oh, it's great. Laurel continues. I was following along with the individual issues I bought as the series came out. You may have sorted this out by now, but if not, the reason you're having trouble understanding the beginning of the book is because it's not the real Batman we see first, but a cop uh, who is snapped and dressed as Batman. Gordon explains this from his hospital bed. The opening scene is Cop slash Batman defeated by Joker. Cop slash Batman then pulls a gun, pulls out a gun and shoots Joker in the forehead. Somehow Joker is still alive, so Cop slash Batman tosses him into a dumpster. What happens to Cop slash Batman at this point is not yet revealed. I thought you'd like to know exactly how the, all this went down because it will come up in future Grant Morrison Batman stories, and I don't know how many of them you've already read. Ah, thank you, Laurel. Interesting. One, Interesting. Yeah, thanks yeah. for the clarification. Yeah. She continues, lots of little details in the story, and even background art can become key in any Grant Morrison comic. Mm. It's the reason I find him a difficult writer to wholeheartedly embracing uh, despite the influence he's had across the DC universe. I like a lot of ideas, but sometimes find his actual comics hard to follow. Yeah, good good point there. Yeah. I totally agree that the art by Andy Kubert in this story was outstanding with lots of clever touches at the gala that I'm glad you pointed out. Yeah. Plus, how could a story that manages to include a small army of man-bat ninjas with swords <laughs> possibly be bad? <laughs> Fair. Yes. Okay. Well, there there was the over-the-top bratty Damien, but still, man-bat ninjas with swords. She repeats it again. Yes. <laughs> I hope to find time to dig out some more back issues and follow along with some of your previous episodes and any new ones covering books I've read. So keep up the good work. Wow. Best wishes to you both. Laurel. Mountain Floor One. Thank you so much, Laurel. You, we Laurel. really appreciate that. Yeah. We also got some comments with respect to our last episode. <laughs> uh, we heard from Darren and Ruth Sutherland. Mm-hmm. They said they were off to pick up Saga number 50 to see the amazing cosplay of <laughs> at Professor Friendsley. Oh, dear. <laughs> Congratulations on that awesome recognition, Jerry. Oh, thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah, Saga 50 is still on the stands. That's still the current issue out there. Yeah. So. Yeah, if you're lucky enough to find it still on the rack, I you know copies are flying off the shelves, folks. So you want to yeah, get on board? Are. You haven't got your saga number fifty yet, and you want to see Jerry in his cosplay? Yeah, <laughs> Jerry, that was really good. And and, and 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 was that Asia next to you there? Yeah, it was. Yeah, we didn't acknowledge her on the last show, and I apologize about oh, that. But yeah. Yes. There's so there's and and she she did she I, she she like, designed put, it, created it, everything. Yes, everything. She's, so. she's the cosplay master. Oh yes, and you both of you together look terrific. So, Thank you. Uh, my apologies for not mentioning her and recognizing her on the last show. So, yeah, me too. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Saga Fifty, check it out. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just gonna, I, when I see Jerry, I want him to autograph my copy. But, Ooh, uh, so I get a signed copy, you know, of Saga Fifty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
We also uh, heard from Rob Myers, a friend and uh, TBU family, uh, with respect to Batman Underground. I started picking up these issues. I've always wanted to read it. This is going to be a fun show. Thank you so much. Yes. We also heard from good friend of the show, Ian Miller Miller at uh, IBM Miller Prime, Ian Prime as he goes by. A side note, uh, Black Mask wasn't killed in War Games. He was killed by Selina and Catwoman, number 52, Mm -hmm. just before one year later. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. That is correct. That's absolutely right. Yes, and uh, Ian, along with the Solons, also acquired about the tease of our mystery announcement. We really appreciate that. Thank you so much. We also, on Twitter, had likes and retweets from our last show from the following. We also heard from uh, Vinicius Carrero at Bach Maniaco. He says he'll draw your comics, so check him out on Twitter. We also heard from Names Anthony Joseph, and I love Alterna Comics at Alterna Comics Fan 1. We also heard from Huge Fran and friend of the show, Iyer at Pyre Iyer. Thank you very, very much for your kind words in respect yes, to the last show. Yeah, we wrote, wrote us a nice note. Thank you very much. Xenozoic Xenophiles at Xenozoic Xenophile. Thank you, Darren and Ruth. Warlord Worlds at Warlord Worlds. Thank you again, Darren and Ruth. We heard from Dustin Fritchell at Bearded Bat Chief. Hey, I hope you're hey, enjoying – yeah, Dustin, I hope he's enjoying his vacation. We heard from Rad Adventures at Rad underscore Adventures. Hey, thank you very much, Darren and Ruth, again. Nice. nice. Lobo Black Wolf at LOB033. Jody Yearden at Regal Fan. Coffee and Comics at Coffee and Comics Blog. Thank you, Clinton. Longbox Crusade at Longbox Crusade. Cristados at Cristados1. Thank yeah. you, Pat. And thank you, Pat, again. Rob Myers. Hey, Rob. Rob is at Drummer Rob 10 We heard from Franey at Franey Nutella. I, Franey, at Mindy Tucker. Good friend of the Batman universe, Stephanie Mounts at Fancy Nerd Design. Another uh, Batman universe uh, friend, Paul Shanley at Paul Shanley. Check him out over there. Uh, Longtime liker uh, for our show, supporter, uh, Jeff Hunter at Jeff Hunt, 349-11855. The Burgundy Ghost, new like, yeah, the Burgundy Ghost uh, over on Twitter at Homebrewers72. Lava Hog at Lava Hog. Hey, thank you so much, Dave. Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast. That's Sean. It's uh, Sean42Arizona or Sean42AZ. Hey, thanks so much, Sean. We really appreciate you coming. Sean's a great guy. Nurnok60, Nurnok62nd, excuse me, uh, for somebody from Germany who's at uh, Adikai225281112. The Tim Drake Podcast. Yay, the Tim Drake Podcast at ELDTD Podcast. Awesome show. Looking yeah. forward to the May show where uh, we, we've got to – can't wait for that one. We also – hey, check this out. Frank Thierry. Whoa, yes. Frank. Yes, that Frank Thierry. Wow, yeah. Frank Thierry also gave us a retweet. Nice. Thanks so much. Yeah, when we reviewed uh, Gotham Underground with the story he wrote. Hey, how about that? Fantastic. Professional. What a great guy. Christian at Ace Comics. Too Old Too New podcast at Too Old Too New. Madame Monstrosity at Madame Monstrosity. Oh, nice? Yeah. Bill Beer at Gotham Night 13, of course, with the Too Old Too New podcast, the aforementioned. Yes. Soundtrack Alley at oh, Randy Andrews one. Thank you so much, Randy. And we heard from Mark at ITG Blogcast at ID, ITG Blogcast. Thank you so much, Mark. Great. And if I overlooked you, which is possible, we had such a tremendous amount of likes and retweets on this last episode. Please direct message me, and we will be sure to get you a mention on our next show. Thank you so much for your support. Yes, thank you, everybody. So that's all Chris and I have for today. Please join us in two weeks when Chris and I will cover Batman, the Black Glove. Ooh. My name is Jerry. And I'm Chris. And thank you for listening to Bat Books for Beginners. Wakes up in the evening to the bat phone scream and takes the Batmobile to Gotham City. Sees Commissioner Gordon at the GCPD court and got some trouble from Batman's favorite kitty. He arrives on time, also stops Catwoman's crime, says reform before it's too late. Makes the Batmobile go faster off to see the prison pastor, the first wedding we have seen at Blackgate. It is Batbooks for Beginners, it's today. Bat books for beginners on its way. It's bat books for beginners. It's so fine. Bat books for beginners. It's Chris and Jerry time.